Hi, and welcome to Back to the Bins. My name is Scott Rifen, and this is Assistant Editor's Month, the final weekend of it. Next week, you'll get back to the regular routine, I think. Anyway, uh, I'm Scott Rifen. I am one of the hosts of Dinner for Geeks, and Dinner for Geeks has taken over Back to the Bins this week. That's why I wanted to warn you in advance. We don't introduce ourselves, and there's a lot of noise in the background because we're actually having a meal while we do the show. We originally thought we should do it in the way Back to the Bins does it, but then we thought, ah, to heck with them. It's our show this week. We're going to do it our way. So let me go ahead and introduce everyone. My name, again, as I say, Scott Rifen. I will be reviewing Super Friends number seven. Ron Sadowski will be reviewing March Hare number one. And Jeff Doak will be reviewing kind of the entire Marvel series of Trouble. We decided to pick three books, a Marvel, a DC, and independent in keeping with the rules of the show but since it's assistant editors month we tried to pick the worst books we could possibly find and let me tell you something i think you'd be hard pressed to disagree with the notion that we got the job done the way we planned to so anyway beware and be careful there's a lot of noise in the background because you're probably not used to hearing that on back to the bins it's not Dr. Bill's cat. Rather, it is the ambient noise of a restaurant. And there will be no introductions because I just introduced everybody. And now the Dinner for Geeks guys take over. Back to the bins. Back to the bins. Robert Klein bit. you remember, yeah. Yeah. So the Tonight Show, back when they everybody smoked, and I think it was Dr. Joyce Brothers that was chiding him for smoking, and she said, lips that touch tobacco will never touch mine. He said, hey, Dr. Joyce, like I'm going to give you a tongue kiss on the Tonight Show. Robert Klein was good. Yeah, he had his day. What up, yo? You're rocking the side part today. It's because my car still has no air conditioning. Oh. That would do it. The, the, the 255 air conditioning. Or I guess 285. Two windows, 85 miles per hour. Oh, but that's what you do. Yeah. Basically, basically, he's got a South Georgia car. 85 miles an hour? Why are you running 85 miles an hour? Because I was thinking I was supposed to be here at 12. You were? Mm-hmm. We are at what, three after? Not bad. It's close. Mm-hmm. I think more like five. No way to talk about five to call yeah. well, That's just me. Bastard, total bastard. All right, we're doing a back to the bins thing, but and we were going to do it back to the bin style, but we realized we're dinner for geeks and we need to do it dinner for geeks style. So we're sitting, we're not even doing, we're slumming it today for dinner for geeks because usually we have like a wait staff and everything, and today we're at Zaxby's. We're doing a fast food dinner for geeks. Which if you're if, if you're talking about slumming food wise, Zaxby's not. I mean, it's not anything to sneeze at. No, it's, it's fine it's, food, it's but it's chicken. Just, it's, fried, it's fried chicken. Yeah, it's, it's fine chicken. It's good chicken, but you know. Except we have to come on one day. I, I don't eat meat, so. Oh, it's Friday. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So I'm pushing lots of vegetables around. Friday. Yes. Well, pushing them around is, seems like you're eating, and that's good. Um. So I, I guess you you're uh, kind of on the run. So I guess we'll start with your issue. My issue? Yeah. Do we have time for yeah. my issues? We do not have time for all of your issues. However, that one, and you've got an issue of 
March Hare. <coughs> exactly. And I don't think Jeff read the copy of it because I had the copy of it, the extra copy. Yep. And uh, before you start on your on your review, yeah, I'm going to give you my three syllable review. Holy. Is that three syllables? Yeah, I have one. Well, it's two syllables and a bleep, probably. <laughs> but so let's hear it. Well, before I actually review the issue, I, w I wanted to say something. Okay. Well, it came up with this idea about selecting really bad comics and reviewing them, mm -hmm. which I think is a great idea. But most of the time, I'm back to Vince. They basically gravitate to stuff they like. Yeah. Except for Paul Smarts. Anyway. So picking something that really is bad and then actually going through it critically, analyzing it, figuring it out, and then presenting it hurts. It does hurt. <laughs> but it's better us do it than you know people who are not trained. That's true. So, and initially what I was going to do is since I was going to be the uh, the independent guy, uh -huh. I have a crap ton load metric crap load of black and white independence from the 80s. Yes, I collected these. Yes. Yes, you did. And most of them were horrific. Yes. Um, so why did you collect them if they were horrific? Because you're, wait, you're looking for the next great thing. Yeah, TMNT, Isn't when it came out, was just a little black and white indie. Well, and I said it was an oversized indie, black well, and white indie. But, but it was horrific. I have issues for it. And that art is horrible. The story is mediocre. The characterization is non-existent. But the concept obviously had some wheels to it. Yeah, things happen. It it, 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 it caught a niche. But so you're looking for that niche. Niche. How many? No, I'm just thinking how many billions of dollars were spent on buying products for that niche. Same thing for robots that turn into cars, right? Or dinosaurs. Or I don't consider that to be a niche, though. I mean, that's like I said with turtles. I don't consider that to be a niche. I mean, it, it took over for a while. It was the thing. There are kids today who turtles was their thing, or there are adults today who, when they were kids, turtles were their thing. That's after they went mainstream. You, however, yeah, do not and have turtles to review. No, and, and the reason turtle. reason why was I went back and I started looking at all those horrible. Black and white independence that I bought. Adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters? Yes, I have that. X Mutants? I don't have X Mutants. Yeah, you do. You don't? I have X Mutants. The Realm? Yeah, I think I have the Realm. Yeah. Uh, Zell, the Sword Dancer? Troll Lords? Uh, yes, I have Troll Lords. <laughs> PS238 was a black and white. And independent? Yep. But the thing was, is but looking back at those, I realized most of those guys, it was their first attempt mm -hmm. at a comic. They, most of us, their first attempt at anything in their adult life, uh, and I really started thinking it's really not fair to me to be dumping all over everyone's freshman attempt at something. Uh, it, it would, in my opinion, it would have been fair, but because I see then your point. I would, but then I would have to, you know, then I had to point out that I had friends who did this, and I would have to criticize Insanity Island. <laughs> and I don't have enough friends to criticize other people's stuff like that. Ah, I got gotcha. you. So, you don't. You don't have enough friends to lose. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I got gotcha. you. I'm yeah. not Magnus. I don't have friends to burn. <laughs> Boy, he keeps track of them too, doesn't he? Yes, he does. But so I went. I said, you know what? But there was still black and white 
that they should have known better. Yes. And I'm going to read you the description. This is the ad copy for the March Hare from Codename Danger. Nice. Now, the, now the March Hare. I will tell you, and I, I might let you. Re I'll, I'll let you do the reveal on the creative team. But I will tell you, inside of three panels, I figured out who the creative team really? was. Really? And I was shocked that the creative team was doing this at this point in time. You're going to explain that to me afterwards. Okay. Really? You were shocked. Yeah. You were shocked, shocked at what this creative team was up to. Yeah. I'm shocked. Click here. Shocked. Click here. Okay. This is actually the ad copy uh, from uh, Lodestone Press okay. for um, the March Hare. Milo was the best hitman in the business. He didn't kill people, he removed them without a trace. He wasn't a nice guy, but he had a job and he did it well. Then one day, Milo was hired to eliminate a rival hitman, who had suddenly, inexplicably, whipped the mob and gone straight. Milo was horrified to discover that the hardened killer, wearing an 18th century hoop skirt, playing with toy steamboats in the bathtub, and singing a mel melody, medley of Adam Ant hits, of his lungs was uh, lungs. Milo silenced him, and now he's stuck with the rabbit. Ambush, book, ambush bug was tame. The March Hare hasn't even been housebroken. Why now, was this not a hit? Because as much as that ad copy is interesting, it doesn't even come close to what the story is. That's yes, <laughs> and it's not even that aspect of it is that, about a half-page flashback. It's not actually what happens in the story. Those things happen, but they have happened before this issue even started. Yeah, so you don't even actually get that story. No. That and it wasn't particularly engaging. Oh, it yeah. gets worse. It, this is this is. I got and I got to tell you, this is one of the dumbest things I've, I've ever seen. But I very quickly, based on panel layout and and just overall artistic style, recognized the creative team immediately. And again. Which is a great time to start off. I was with. surprised that they were doing what they were doing. So, in the first issue of the March Hare, by the way, there was only one issue printed. <laughs> Though it was an ongoing series. But that may have been because Lodestone Press, I think, went bankrupt around the business. Well, if they're publishing things like March Hare. Well, let, let me go into this. Lodestone only published five titles. I collected, I had four of them, three of them. I did not have Dave Cochran's The Futurans mm. because that was a Marvel Futurans. title initially. Yes. And I didn't collect any Marvel stuff. Mm. I guess it was, was it Epic first or? Uh, I think so. Or it was a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah graphic novel for us. And the other one I didn't was The Honeymooners. Yes, that's right. They did The Honeymooners. And I don't, I didn't like The Honeymooners, so I didn't buy that issue. But I have uh, Codename Danger, <laughs> The March Hare, and Evangeline. You know what? What's funny to me is I remember looking, reading that, that issue, and seeing in the back an, a house ad for the Honeymooners series, and thinking to myself, why not just do the fabulous world of Harold Lloyd as a comic for the kids to buy? Or Buster Keaton's adventures. Because, you I know, mean, the it, Honeymooners were really popular kids in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. It's so many decades removed from being relevant to, to the kids of the day. What in the world possessed them to think that that would be a successful endeavor? Right on the back. I mean, it, 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 it was just bizarre. But back to the creative team. Mm -hmm. March Hare, uh, first one published and only, 
uh, has a creative team of. Dun dun dun. Now, and I'm going to give it to the way it's actually written. Created, plotted, and penciled by Keith Giffen. Scripted by Robert Lauren Fleming. Mm-hmm. Inked by Rick Bryant. And lettered by Pat. How do you pronounce that? Brosen? Brosse? Brosseau. Brosseau. And I am surprised that you were able to, just looking at it, Scott, be able to tell that Brousseau had anything to do with this. No, I didn't know anything about Brousseau. But I knew Keith Giffen and where Keith Giffen went in that era, Robert Lauren Fleming Fleming was there as well. And it looked like Ambush Bug. I mean, it immediately just looked like Ambush Bug. And I'm not a fan of Ambush Bug. You, however, are. I am. I like Ambush Bug a lot. So you would think, hey, without the constraints of the comic code, they could do something creative and original, which they decided not to. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Okay. I'm not sure what they did, actually. Are you going to do a summary of the I'm gonna, episode? I, I should probably summarize this thing. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, there's this guy. He's a hitman named Milo. Uh, and there's this character who is an invisible rabbit, mm-hmm. or maybe semi-invisible. Or partially semi-invisible? I'm not sure. We're not sure. He, he seems to be floating around. Yes. Um, and is he a normal rabbit, a giant rabbit? I don't know. They don't really explain those things. Um, the only other main character is, uh, I can't remember the dog's name. Oh, yeah. I know Nomilo's the hitman, but the dog is drawn to look... The dog is drawn to look like Snoopy. Deliberately drawn to look like Snoopy. I don't remember Snoopy flipping off many people though. No, I don't remember Snoopy boozing it up, but that's... Yeah, that, that's... We'll get to that in a moment. That's Okay, so, uh, Milo uh, killed a guy, and it seems now he's he's has uh, this invisible rabbit that falls around, who is magical or something, and can make things happen, uh, and convinces him that he needs to go on a game show, and puts him on a game show, and of course Milo then kills one of the other... Uh, contestants on the game show, but because he's in a uh, giant uh, carrot suit, there's some kind of vegetable suit that he had to wear because. <laughs> See, it is. This actually. is worse than what is it? Apollo smiles. <laughs> no, he escapes, and no one knows that who he, who the I want to say masked uh, vegetable was. Uh, To tell you the truth, I don't remember what happens next. What happened next, Tom? Uh, that was it. That was pretty much it. No, he he, uh, he recaps how he came into possession of uh, the March Hare. Right. Which was by going to kill the other hitman and finding him already dead. Right. And then uh, and then the dog goes and steals the guy's booze. Right. And drinks it and right. flips somebody off. And then he flips off he, the ground. And then he thinks that his neighbor is stealing his booze when his neighbor is in fact drinking milk in the window. And he kills his neighbor for drinking his booze even though his neighbor hasn't been in there. And that's kind of it. So you hear that kids? Don't drink milk. It's dangerous. And uh, and that's the March Hare. That's the March Hare. That's it. Uh, Yeah, this thing is so wrong on so many levels. Uh, First of all, it it does the one thing you, you can't do and that is not have a single character you like. 
Yeah, and you don't have a single character. The uh, marcher himself is not whacking crazy like Bugs Bunny. He's, he is basically... He's sick. He's a sick, sick individual. Yeah. Uh, Milo, he's not like Ambush Bug, who's, who's harmless. Even though I don't care for Ambush Bug, he's at least... He's he, a harmless fourth wall breaker. And he's funny in that way. To some. So, um, Milo, the problem, Milo is... He's supposed to be the best, or at least competent. And I don't know many uh, hitmen who end up killing people on game shows while they're on TV. Yeah, you don't, you don't get a lot that of that. That to me says, wait a minute, this guy may be not the best in his business. Yeah, you generally want to do it where nobody sees it happen, and there's no one videotaping the evidence. Right. Yeah, it's just weird. It's, it's, but see, I have no zest for Giffen because that's the kind of crap he does. To me, that's why I've never dug Giffen. And uh, all that is is a great illustration of him failing. I mean, this, I don't like when it's good. When it's a failure, it's a disaster, and that is a disaster. And I mean, I, I like Kevin, I, uh, and I love Robert Warren Clement. I can just separate them at birth, you know, I've been a lot better off. Um, but, uh, no, I look. like, by the way, they call out order, whatever order. I love when I get order 66. Yeah. That's just the best. And then you have to kill them. You have to kill the Jedi. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Or if you consider yourself a Jedi, you have to look at your shoulder and make sure you're going to I don't consider myself a Jeff. I hate to tell you. Anyway. But Fleming, I think, did some great stuff. Uh, Legion stuff that he worked on was good. Uh, I love the Omega Man. I thought it was great. Omega Man? Omega Man. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that initial thing on Justice League was enjoyable. Had a cult following. There's and, a cult I think, And I think, and this is, I think this is a perfect example. I, I'm actually going to play this. This book came out, I think, in '90 or '91. Mm-hmm. Is it that late? Yeah. No, it can't be because. No, it's '86. I was going to say because it's around the time of that other letter yeah. you showed me. '86. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where they were hating on Star Wars. Anyways, I think this Comics. is the, this Star Wars is Comics. Marvel Star Wars. This week, get time to drop in a little clip saying uh, editors notes. See whatever each episode, whatever. We'll let the system editors worry about that. Ron. <laughs> like I got time I gotta get back to work anyway um, but I think this is an example of what went wrong in the 90s even though this is the mid 80s yes well you have to start somewhere right <laughs> I'm squarely putting the, the blame of the 90s right here on Robert Gordon on uh, Keith Giffen's shoulders I know I should go with this but I can't I should um, blame Clinton listen, Paul, what went wrong like, in the 90s was all the was all the excess the publishing the it was excess. Is this not excessive? It's excessive. Is this not a, style over substance? No, but you know what? It's I mildly think excessive. This is the this is what the problem. This is the problem with black and white '80s indies. This is the worst of black and white '80s indies because it is a big time creator, and at the time they, those guys were big time creators, going off and believing that the indies uh, license gave them the right to just do whatever extravagant thing they wanted to do with no checks or balances. Because they didn't, you know, they weren't handling anybody's anybody else's characters, and uh, the self-indulgence is just amazing. It's artsiness for artsiness' sake. No, there's no artsiness to this. If there attempted, were artsiness, attempted artsiness. No, there's no attempted artsiness. There's self-indulgence. It's we're just going to be as loony as we can be, and it doesn't work. 
Isn't self-indulgence what artsiness is all about, though? Doing something No, self-indulgence is doing whatever. Look, if I eat 15 gallons of ice cream, that's self-indulgence. And I'm not going sitting. anywhere near you. Oh, so it may happen one day. It almost happened at Disney. Uh, but if that happens, if Dole I eat 15 gallons of ice cream, ice cream, huh? Dole Whip sub ice cream. I only ate two Dole Whips on the trip. Two I might gallons? have eaten three. Three Dole Whips. Wow. Uh, need to post them on Facebook. We, <coughs> and I, Jadine and I split two Milky Way Sundays. And uh, same description for those Sundays as I used for that comic, but in a completely different context. Gave you the runs. Oh, no, the three syllables. Milky Way Sunday. Stunning. But, uh, no, I mean, self-indulgence can be just you doing whatever you want to do with no regard for anybody else. That's self-indulgence. Not artistry, but just, hey, I'm going to do this, and I don't care if an audience likes it, and I don't care if anybody else likes it, and I don't care if an editor likes it, and I don't care if a publisher likes it. I have my name, and I'm going to park whatever I want to on this piece of paper. That's what self-indulgence is. And, and to me, those two terms are, are pretty, pretty self, uh, are pretty interchangeable. Especially in this case, I mean, it's, I mean, yes, it's self-indulgence is the artist doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. But whenever you're creating something, it is something that you're being self-indulgent about. You're doing it for to, to get across your vision. I don't think there is a vision here. Then why the hell did they do it? You tell me. I have no idea. I tried. I tried I, just right now, I got six pages in, and I'm like, the hell? Yeah. No. I, it's I, also that standard Giffen 78 panels per page thing that yeah, I can't stand. And when it's in color, it's a little more tolerable because you can kind of make out what's going on. But in black and white, you have no clue what's happening. That's uh, you. You. Uh, you may have topped all awful comic books. I almost hate that we led with you. Because, I participate at the end of the show. Yeah, because you may have you may have done worse than anybody ever. And this was not the worst of my 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 collection. You're kidding me. No, but this is the worst of the independent black and white uh, up, uh, successful artists. Wow. Because I will tell you that I almost pushed for the indie myself. Just so I could actually finally do a podcast reviewing a Star Wars comic that I was going to review the Star Wars 3D number two with Jeff Johnson. But you're going to do it with me because I don't have book. that one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I would have made you jealous. Because it's also a similarly awful book. I don't think I don't think to near the dizzying lows of March Hare. But it's just I want to finally be able to do a podcast where I review a Star Wars comic since Scott and Chris hogged everything that was Marvel. But I won't have that chance. Ever again. Sorry. You took that joy from him. How can you live with Well, we all could have reviewed a, a issue of the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> there were three of them, yeah. And we'd have to do them in 3D. Yeah, that's true. It would have to be the first 3D podcast. Awesome. Ooh, I think that's, that's artsy. And self-indulgent. <laughs> and self-indulgent. Exactly. Same thing. And artistry. And your vision. Which would be so red and blue. Let's let's wrap this up. If you're given a letter, <laughs> because I know there's no way that Paul can understand anything. <laughs> Give a letter grade, because right now Paul's going. Well, this may not be too bad. <laughs> if I have to give it a letter grade, I I can't find cover, contents, story. 
art. Uh, there is nothing that is not an F about this book. And you know what the F stands for. <laughs> Uh, All right. it, is to be, it is to be followed by you for taking the money <laughs> for this book. I'm sorry, I have to give it a W. I had to withdraw from the class. It just couldn't finish it. See, I thought you were going to go with this. Not often that Jeff does uh, withdraw. Sorry, I'm, going, I'm going purple. So he's, you, he's you, gonna you, purple. You're gonna, you were going to ask, uh, I don't think there is a Z minus. A Z minus? <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. No. Yeah, either either a W or a, a, the smell of the couple color nine. You know, all I can say is that it is bad. I bought it. I read it. I actually own two copies. Why do I own two copies on ass? That's another complete other story. Um, but I didn't buy the box both, but the other one I didn't pay full price. So, but um, but people don't believe how bad this is. I will I will gladly sell them the other copy. <laughs> Cover price buck fifty. I can make back my uh... make back your initial investment. <laughs> right. I do want to know why you have two copies of this. I, I think it's because you were lured by the Giffen thing because I know you love the I, ambush bug. I love the ambush bug. And you just didn't know what it was, and then you bought two because you thought, well, this is how can it miss? No, I bought. And let I, me count the ways. I only bought one when it came out, and thanks to eBay, I bought a box or a stack or a pile of comics and this was in there. It was a pile. You're absolutely right on that. Stuck in between two Big copies of uh, Big Pile. Well, Jeff, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Go ahead and go next since, he, since he's the big DC guy. Okay, yeah, since he's got a limited time with us today. <clears throat> I chose to review Super Friends, Super Friends number seven. And the reason <coughs> I chose Super Friends number seven, well, let me just get to the story and then we'll We'll discuss why I chose number seven. The story opens back at the Hall of Justice when Marvin and Wendy are sitting there. They see a spaceship on the monitor. They say, "Hey, everybody's, you know, they're everybody's all out." Uh, Batman, Superman with the Justice League. Robin's doing Teen Titans. Wonder Woman's busy. Aquaman's busy. It's just us. It's Marvin and Wendy. And you remember Marvin and Wendy, and of course, uh, Wonder Dog. Wonder Dog, yeah. So they go. Hello. So they go to decide they're going to do something about this spaceship that's coming into to the planet's atmosphere, rather than bother everybody. That actually happens. So they, yeah, they, they could call Black Lightning. He didn't have anything. That's to do. what it was he ever doing, right? So they hop on their bicycles and they head out to meet the ship as it and crashes. Schwins. And out of the ship, yeah, they're Schwins. Out of the spaceship as it lands, Zan, Jaina, and Gleek, mm -hmm. uh. the Wonder Twins, arrive on Earth. And when they see Wonder Dog, they think, well, this may be a dangerous creature, and they activate their powers. Jaina becomes a creature that can't survive in Earth's atmosphere. So she has to change back quickly. Um, Zan becomes uh, some form of urine or something. It's some liquid, you know. And uh, so they come to Earth because they overheard an evil villain described how he was going to destroy the Earth. They overheard him. Then they cut to the scene where they show him standing with a giant Carmine Infantino-style microphone where he says, and I quote, I here give posterity the tale of how I achieved my revenge by destroying Superman's adopted world, which he hasn't done yet, but he's just recording it because he wants to, he's making an album, I guess. He so basically, to, he's doing, he's going to turn his back this year. He's banking <laughs> he's, he's he's his successes. 
Exactly. <laughs> what he's doing. I was thinking more Bill Clinton at the Grammys, oh. but I think yeah, I think you may be right there. But he says I've planted twelve special bombs, one on each of the Earth's six visible continents, one on an unseen continent, and one on each one each on five inhabited islands. Which is not good because then you find out that each bomb has a different purpose. The first bomb will destroy people's memory of the past. Why not just blow them up? I'm asking. That's one bomb. The this is second, why you're not an evil genius because you're not creative enough. <laughs> Stupid me. I would actually get things done. I mean, this guy was monologuing to himself. He's such a bad evil genius. The second bomb is to wipe everybody's minds blank. And this is a quote, so they wouldn't know enough to eat. <laughs> and again, if you've set everybody on a course to self-observed starvation, do you really need bombs 3 through 12? Just to rub it in there. And then says, says, and the last, oh, that's the first group, I'm sorry, first group, second group, and then the last three, we don't know the effects. He's a bomb. I did, he planted so, a bomb. He doesn't know what's going to do. I don't know what the bomb's going to well, do. Well, the one that made him forget the past obviously detonated in his living room. And now that's so, why he so They split off into teams to go locate these groups of bombs. I will spare you the details other than there's an amazing elongated man of Godiva go conquer the bomb by both using their hair. Yes. Godiva turns her hair into a rocket ship with a window. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Elongated man uses, reaches out with his hair because of all the muscles in your hair right. and grabs the bomb and they destroy it together with their hair. I swear to God. I swear to God. Flash gets involved. Garrison will be happy to know that. They blow, they blow up several of the bombs, but there's still more to go and it's to be continued because in 25 minutes, they still haven't blown up. 25 minutes left, they still haven't blown up the amnesia bomb, which is the one that'll make you forget all the past. Huh? Yes. And by the way, they so at this point, that amnesia bomb would be sweet mercy. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and by the way, they wanted the amnesia bomb was so they could forget the past, so they wouldn't remember any of their history, so they would repeat their mistakes. Like the, that's <laughs> just a little bit too cerebral from supervillains for my taste. It's to be, it's to be continued. Well, there's cerebral, and then there's dumb. Because <laughs> if you forgot everything, you would forget everything. There would the mistake part's not really an issue. And then make them so dumb they don't know to eat. I I don't understand that. <laughs> you know, there's there's that level of uh, complexity. Oh, what's his name? The the famous famous uh, famous bad uh, not bad uh, super editor Superman editor. What's his name? Uh, uh, Westmoreland. Yeah, General Westmoreland. Yes, General. And his run on Superman was amazing. Oh, you know, uh, the, the bald guy. Oh, Joe Schwartz. Julie Schwartz. There's a certain level of Julie Schwartz lunacy, because he brought a lot of lunacy to Superman. And then there's just stupid. And we crossed that border probably on page two, going from Julie Schwartz lunacy to just dumb. You see, I, I remember that issue when it came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I love that issue when it came out, mm -hmm. because one, it explained that what happened to... This is why I picked it, because you never found out why Marvin and Wendy and Wonder Dog left. I think the next issue did. Well, no, I'm saying in the series, on the show, you just all of a sudden there was Anna Jane. Yeah. Marvin and Wendy are gone. And of course, in my mind, as a kid, I'm thinking, well, hell, there are all these aliens and spaceships, they probably got killed. 
All right, you don't know. Let me ask this. I will tell you the if two issues. They finally resolve it. Right. And you know what happens to Marvin and Wendy? It was a bittersweet uh, ending. They go to college. They go yeah, to college. <laughs> they go to college. Because they realized if they had lost all their knowledge, they wouldn't be able to go to college. Now, is Wonder Dog, what happens to him? I think they had him put to sleep. Was, <laughs> no, see, him no, no, he got hit by a car, and they somebody took him. him in, and that's how we got dynamite. Oh, like he got roboted? And yeah. They made him better, stronger, faster. He got hit by a road scraper. We can make it personal. Oh, too soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too soon. It's always too soon to talk about... 76? It's always too soon to talk about the tragic loss <laughs> way too soon of your first dog. Or Seymour. Or Or Seymour. Jeff's first dog. Yeah, you wouldn't have laughed if I made a joke about your dog. Well, in fact, you didn't laugh when I made a joke about you. You were making jokes about my dog as I was burying her, though. But I didn't even oh know it. Oh, my God, Ron. I didn't even know yeah. it. Well, he said, he's walking up. I am burying. I have put Lady in a box. I've dug a hole in the backyard, digging a hole and putting the box in the hole and burying Lady in the box. And Ronald comes up as I'm doing the burying. Ah, we gotta, we got to hurry up and bury that body. Mm, we got to hurry up and get that. I mean, it just makes dead body jokes throughout the whole time. And does not seem to understand that I am burying a body of my dog that I've had for 13 years. So just in my defense, I didn't know. They didn't say. I never stopped hating him for that. No, he had. So, he, he, he's still angry about that. Yeah, one. but uh, no, it's it, the reason I I picked this issue was because it was the beginning of the end for Marvin and Wendy. Yes, and it reminds me of it's kind of Zan and Jaina were the Deborah Norville of the 70s. Remember on the Today Show, they wanted Deborah Norville to run Jane Pauley off and put her in this place, so they just brought her on the show to have her hover while everybody else, you know, was uncomfortable. Right, yes. And so this issue, they brought the Wonder Twins in, and now Marvin and Wendy are having to hover uncomfortably while they, the producers lobby to get them off the show and replace them with Zan and Jaina. Their replacements are there, and they're having to work together and pretend that they're getting along. And you can read in the issue, they seem to act like they're getting along okay, but I know they're not. It is a subcontext. They see the writing on the wall that they're being replaced. And so you're saying that uh, uh, Wendy and Marvin probably weren't planning on going to college? No. That they just decided this is a way we can get out of They this were given field. college as a plausible exit. I mean, look, you're hanging out with a bunch face. of superheroes. I mean, it's either that or yeah, get fired. Didn't, didn't help out Didn't help who? Didn't help out Snapper Car. Who's Snapper Car? Oh, sorry, I forgot you on DC people. <laughs> uh, Rick Jones. Oh, now you know what I'm talking oh. about. I thought you were talking about a vehicle. Oh, it's Snapper Car. Snapper Car. Oh. So, that's mine. It was written. I didn't give you the credits, but Nelson Birdwell. Nelson Birdwell pretty much wrote every one of these. And uh, the art, I don't know if the woman wants to be recognized, because it's not good. Ramona Freyden and Bob Smith. You say it's not good, but it's very much in keeping with the Super Friends type of art. It is, but there's some... There's some uh, I have issues with... The Super Friends art? I have issues with some of the... Who's the guy that did Justice League for a while that I can't stand? Dick Dillon. Dick Dillon or Don Heck? No, Dick Dillon I can't stand. Dick Dillon does so many bad hands and bad fingers and bad perspective. That and there's a, there's a lot of that in this. 
There's a lot of Dick Dillon badness. To put it nicely. I wonder if they'll bleep when I said Dick. <laughs> Snip. Jeff, you go now. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we're talking about bad comics, and unlike y'all, I kind of have my time in the wilderness of getting out of the comics, buying and, and, and all of that. So when you think about bad comics, the first thing that came to mind was a, a run of uh, epic imprint, Marvel run from when I was first starting to get back into comics, and I had gotten, I, I mean, I got back into the point where I was spending, you know, what, 100, 60, 70, sometimes 100 bucks a month? It's pretty healthy. I mean, you're yeah. talking cover price of, of two bucks. Yeah. So you're talking 25 bucks. So you're talking 12, 11, yeah. 12 bucks a week. I mean, because I was, I mean, I was, I was buying every, just about every, every Spawn title. And if you know Spawn titles, back in the early, you know, mm -hmm. late 90s, early 2000s, then that was a, that was a hefty run. Mm -hmm. um, and there was plenty of, of bad, bad comics going on there. Um, but when you think about Marvel and bad comics, you. you Especially that time frame, it just goes straight to trouble. Which was the uh, the, the Millar. It, it, I don't know where to start with how bad this was. I mean, we can start with the fact that it was just conceptually flawed. I think there were a lot of issues with Bill Jemis as publisher. Yeah. I think he made some profoundly stupid decisions. Trying to reinvent the romance comic genre was one of them. Uh, Marville <coughs> yep. was one of them. Another one. Uh, I, the only the only good thing I will say, well, I mean, look, for anything you want to say about Joe Quesada, Joe Quesada led Marvel creatively into the era where they where they were able to recover and really become a force again in the comics world. Um, but I'll never. The one good thing I will ever say about Bill Jameis as publisher, he was doing an interview. I think it was on Ain't It Cool News. He was doing a question and answer, and the guy says, "Look, Mr. Jameis, uh, I live in Mexico. Uh, they were publishing. You know, another publisher was publishing your books. They licensed them out, and the publisher went bankrupt right before the end of the Clone Saga. And the next publisher didn't pick up till after the Clone Saga was over. So please tell me what happened at the end of the Clone Saga." And Bill Jameson's response was, at the end of the Clone Saga, sales on Amazing Spider-Man went from 400000 a month to 40000 a month. That's what happened at the end of the Clone Saga. That may be the best thing he ever said. But, yeah, he was... He did some really stupid things. And, and to take on Peter David, and that, that bothered me for a host of reasons. One, Peter David is solid. For anything I, I feel about some of his personal opinions and his the way in which he expresses them, he is a solid writer, he is incredibly prolific, and he's a very thoughtful writer. To sit there and say, oh, I'll bet I, the publisher of Marvel Comics, can write a book that outsells yours for no real reason, I never got. And if you have you ever read Marvel? Uh, no. Probably the only thing you could have picked worse than Trouble would be Marvel. Would have been Marvel. It is. It is just monumentally bad. But so now let's go back and say Bill Jemis. Trouble, you would say, was his brainchild, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like, like I said, it was it was their attempt 
to reinvent the romance comic genre, which was huge in the 40s. Yeah. And, and died and, fairly quickly because of the implementation of the comics code. And you get a Mark Miller to do this thing. And Mark Miller is not known for being somebody who writes romantic things. Which was one of the biggest complaints about the He run. writes nasty comic books. One of the biggest complaints about about this. I tried. I really did. Going back through this, doing, doing some, some research on this, I tried to find a positive review, something, anything good about this book. And it's just, it's, it's, nothing's there. Did you and buy that's one of those things? Yeah, I bought them when they came out because Why? that was when, well because I had just gotten back into Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. That was during the uh, the Straczynski, uh Romita Jr. run, which I absolutely loved all of that. Yeah. And so when they when you know, I heard that oh this is supposed to be a a, a relaunching of the Spider-Man mythos or that his his yes his, because his, why. His, because they added it on at the end to try and boost those sales. No, no, no. no. But the, but the characters. I mean, the characters are Mary and May, the two female leads, and Ben and Richard, the male leads, which they kind of dropped. I, had, I think you told me the story that basically it was a press conference or something. They just basically dropped in the end. Oh, by the way, this is Spider-Man's aunt and uncle and his parents. Which I mean, based on the name, I mean, you got yeah. I mean, it's. <clears throat> but then, which brings in one of the other big complaints that I have about it is the fact that timeline-wise, it doesn't work. We, we get the feeling from the from the art of the uh, of the book, and I guess that's the that's the only good thing you can say about this is that the the art was what you'd expect from Marvel comics of that era. But now, but let's 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 before you get into that, right. trouble was kind of introduced as it was going to be racy. Yeah, and not only did it have Aunt May, who we all know is a shriveled, a shriveled old crone, God rest her soul. Is she God dead right soul. now, or is she still alive? She's alive right now, I think, maybe. God rest her soul at some point. In one of the books, she's dead. Back sure. now, she's, yeah. But, but, but a lovely, wonderful shriveled old crone, mm, but yes. still. But they were trying to make her sexy, and there was kind of a sex appeal aspect to it, and there was kind of a will they won't they aspect it's to it. It's sort of like the the, the, the the searching for topless photos of the author. Yeah. Why? But yeah, but you know <laughs> what I found interesting was, and this is this is just totally off the top of my head. I haven't seen it lately. I haven't wanted to see it lately. And you've read it lately, so you can yeah. tell me. Um, what I remember is they used photo covers for this, and they picked two kind of teenagey girls. They did indeed. It was actually I, a, a French photographer. Well, yeah. and I, I remember the girls not really being all that attractive. They, they were mildly Sticky. attractive, but they were young, and that was one of the other big, were, yeah, big problems. Is that you're, you're you're trying to target this towards a different market than what is generally targeted towards. You're trying to target it towards the, the young female demographic, and so you've got. You know, you, you, you've got this French photographer, French art photographer, providing the artwork for it. And then you say, oh, by the way, this is a Spider-Man origin story. Okay, so now you've got all of the, the, the fanboys out there buying these comic books that have got these pre-teen girls on the cover. And it's just, it, it, it just really ramped, ramped up the, the creepiness factor. Well, especially if you've seen some of the stuff Mark Miller's written besides this. Yeah, there is issue one. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not spectacular. They're kind of bad Uma Thurmans. Yeah. Eh. Not particularly filled out. And I think there was always the, the hint... Big pieces are. Yes. 
no, no, they no be, moral fixation they're not, there. They're not preteens yeah. there, they're teens. Yeah. But I think there was always that hint, if I remember the marketing correctly and the teases here and there, that they were going to hint that that uh, basically Peter Parker was going to wind up being uh, an accident yeah. in the series. Mm-hmm. Like a teen pregnancy accident, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. And that is exactly where it went in the series, was that there, yeah. there, was, a, there was a bunch of you know, soap opera-y twists and turns and... You know, May winds up with 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 Ben and, and Mary with Richard and May. So they they're are, swapping. What? Let me get into it. Okay. What happened was is that earlier in the summer, May and Mary had gone to a fortune teller. Is this your summary the of fortune teller? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it's a summary of the of the, the series. Really. Okay. Um, You're just doing the whole series. Well, it's there's not a lot in there. We could have crammed this <laughs> all into one issue. It ran five issues. Okay. Okay. Uh, fortune teller told May that uh, that she would n- that no one would ever call her mother, and told Mary that if she had sex before she was married, she would be a, a, a she would be a teen mother. She would be pregnant before she was out of her teens. And so Mary, when it was being crude and, and, and you know, having fun, but you know, knowing when to draw the line, and May was just basically May was a whore. Pretty much, yeah. She was she, you know putting out on the first date and all of that. Um, and yeah, Jesus. so. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it gets worse because on top of it all, not only are they Me implying, well. not only, not only are they, are they implying that, you know, that May is actually Peter's mother, mm-hmm. you would think that that would imply that Ben was Peter's father. Yeah. But it's not. Because she had, more she had Because she had an affair with Richard. Of course she did. And got pregnant. And guess what? What? Ben was sterile. So he knew that it wasn't his. Now, this is what I want to know. These are teenagers? A, these are teenagers. know he's sterile. It, th- thank you. That's exactly where I was going with that. Unless he's mixed breed or something. I mean, pretty much. Okay, that's, and, and that's the other thing. You don't really I mean, know Mules what's ever sterile. Do they? Yeah. I don't know if they know this. Well, they are, though. Yeah, they are, but they don't know. Yeah, what teenage, you know, what, what teenage kid knows that he's sterile? <laughs> I mean, unless you just don't have any, I get, <laughs> unless they're just not there, then you probably have a pretty good inkling. I, I, I can just see it here in the conversation now. What are you doing in the bathroom? Nothing, Mom. Nothing. <laughs> really, really, nothing. Really, nothing. Really, nothing. I mean, I can see Hitler thinking he was half sterile. Yeah, there's a <laughs> Had to do it. Oh. <laughs> Ow. So Ben just went, well, I know it's not mine. I'm sterile. Because at yeah. eight years old, I was coming back. And, <laughs> Come on, will you? I rode a lot of horses. I got I donkey punched by this weird guy <laughs> in Texas that uh, just it, it shattered both of them. And I just, it's like Magnus is still here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and apart from just the, the, the sheer audacity, audacity, the ridiculousness, the, the, the foolishness of the whole you know, concept of it, is the fact that timeline-wise, it's incredibly flawed. Because it's trying to say that May gave birth to Peter Parker when she was in her teens. And so when he's 15, she's a gazillion years old. Not 30. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't, it do, it just doesn't mesh. Now, I will say this one of the few redeeming qualities of the series. Unless. Unless. She was trying to force lightning Mace Windu and he reflected it back on her with a lightsaber. <laughs> that might have that explained. Might, that might explain See? something. Um, explain something. What I don't know. Anyway, they did try relaunching the series. They, they did. Said, they did. They well, not relaunching. They, after during the initial run, they reissued 
uh, the first issue to try and draw they, some. Wait, some they pictures. were so Hold proud on. of that Hold first on. issue. What they did was <laughs> instead they, they took they tried to, to to limit the creepiness factor of having the French photographer's pictures yes. and brought in Frank Cho to do a cover. Frank Cho of Liberty Meadows, which, yeah. which is from one extreme to the other. We've gone yeah. from zero to Aida. Going to appealing to the teen girl demographic to just bowing down to the fanboys. Which is honestly what this was for anyway. It was yeah. lewd and lascivious. It was, again, Mark Miller, this is what he does. Yeah. The artwork was not bad. Yeah, I'm worried about it. Artwork was not bad. It's no, no, you know, it was. It, it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was. I mean, it was standard Marvel fare from that from that time era. But just the story, the inconsistencies, the, the, it was just misguided from the start. You never graded your comic. I never so. did grade. Great. I wanted to grade my comic, but I didn't grade. Um, the whole run sim sim simply on the simply on the strength of. What little strength there is in the in the artwork that was there and the Frank Cho cover. You gotta give something for Frank. It goes up into the D minus I mean, territory. I can give Frank, but that's only because I know. I I'm going to give mine story wise an F. And again, I didn't I didn't think it was very nice of them to treat Marvin and Wendy that way. They should have just sat him down and said, "Look, you're fired." Did, did they at least get to go to a good college? No, uh, decent, a, decent football of, yeah, program. Actually, no, not a football program. Marvin went Ivy League, if I remember correctly. Ooh. Because you could tell in the show he was destined. Yeah, he was really. Yeah, no, not at all. Mar Marvin was a dork. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, actually, we don't know yet. We don't. We know that. We know that Wendy went to Amazon College on Paradise Island because Wonder Woman used her pull. Which makes you wonder what she had to do. <laughs> well, they got to do something to be able to shoot the bows, so she'll be yeah. a little lopsided from here on. Is that what they call it? <laughs> and Marvin had offers from Ivy, which you have to assume is an Ivy League school since it's called Ivy. Raleigh. No, no, Ivy's uh, where uh, Ray Palmer. A Ray Palmer with Ivy? No, he's a professor. Oh well, there. Well, maybe he used. Maybe he did. Well, never mind. And then Gotham View, Ivy, Raleigh, and Gotham have all offered him scholarships. Raleigh. I'm not sure about Raleigh, but of course you know what, who's got full of Gotham. Yeah, I know who's got full of Gotham. So basically, he couldn't even get into a college. No, but it does make you wonder, because you assume that all of these guys, all of their university activities are related to the Justice League people, and Wendy knows that Wonder Woman got her in because she says that. Marvin seems to have no clue that he probably got help from Ray no, Palmer and Bruce Wayne. He has no idea. He doesn't know that... Does he not know who these guys are and their other identity at this point? After having been no, like no, their secret no. special pals no. all this time... No. You don't think... No, definitely not. They they, See, this is no not, this is not Marvel. Stupid. They don't actually walk around and call each other by their first names. Well, they do now. That's because it's now not Marvel. I mean, <laughs> John Byrne came over now. and changed the entire DC Universe into Marvel Universe, so... <laughs> they also, also don't know to throw the super villain out to the middle of nowhere before you lay the smack down on him. That's true. Trillions of dollars so, of infrastructure damage. But no, it's always been, you know, yeah, we can have sidekicks and people and stuff, but they don't know anything. They're just there. They're eye candy. They're eye candy. <laughs> so that's what Marvin is. He's eye candy. I didn't realize that. But, uh, so, so, Marvin has no clue that he's being set up. Now, and Wendy knows that Wonder Woman got her, her college right. gig. So she's got to kind of feel a little inferior. 
And then Marvin's like, I got three <laughs> colleges trying to get me in, not knowing <laughs> that it's all that it's all up. been set up. Well, maybe look at it this way: maybe Wendy, you know, knowing that Wonder Woman went on the line for her to get there, that's going to encourage her and motivate her to perform better, knowing that she's not an Amazon. She's going to have a harder time, and she doesn't want to let Wonder Woman down. So that might be motivation for her. Let me ask you this. Because really, we've got a whole slew of these people. We know where, what happened to Mary and Ben and Richard and, and uh, May. They had lots Maybe. of sex. Apparently had lots of sex and each other's babies. What happened? Oh, and by the way, Peter uh, Peter Parker, obviously, uh, by the way, the other part of it, he avoided getting aborted. That's good. Yeah, Mary actually convinced May not to get an abortion. That's nice. That's good. That's just... Uh, At least that's positive. Yeah, it was positive. That's why she had him. I would be willing to bet if, if the series went on, because they didn't go deep into the pregnancy, did they? Well, actually, no, they, they, took, they took it to its conclusion. They did? It's so she had the baby? Yep. Yeah. She had Peter? Mm-hmm. Five issues? Now, five, I mean, there was obviously, they didn't like the way it sit, the, there was a time jump. Oh. Like the way it was 24 season. Was just, yeah. Like, you know, they're towards the end, it sort yeah, of they jumped did. ahead, and jumped ahead. They did, ahead. They did, yeah, they did a time jump one, on 24. One commercial. Yeah. 13 hours. They, they did, I was going to say, they did. <laughs> They did 11 hours and 50 minutes consecutively, jumped 12 hours into 10 minutes. Wow. Um, but the, uh, well, they kept saying, it's going to be a time jump. Time jump never happens. And all of a sudden, oh, God, we got to have a time jump quick. <laughs> and that's how that felt, by the way. Yeah, it did. We haven't talked about that on the, on the regular cast yet. No, we haven't. We haven't. We will. We'll, we'll have to. Uh, I'm not unhappy with it. I'll say that. There I are the there are, jump was cheesy. But there are two elements of it that I was very very disappointed. In. Oh really? Yeah. All in all, I was. I, I all just, in all, I want another series. I was gonna say I, I hope they bring it back me. and I hope they keep Hannah McKay. That's all I gotta say. Yes. All right. Um, okay. Where is March Hare and Milo today? Where are they? What has become of them? In the quarter bin. No, no. I mean, character-wise, <laughs> what has become of them? I don't know. You have no sense of where they might have gone. I they had no sense reading the damn book. <laughs> you didn't know where they were when you were reading it. Yeah, I don't know the, where they are after page seven. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the problem is, is I can't figure out how they got to that point, <laughs> let alone that, that you could go forward from there. That's Fair why enough. it's a terrible book. Yes. It really is stupendously bad. All right, Marvin and Wendy, where are they today? Because you never hear from them. They never call. They never write. Do they ever pop up every now and then, sort of no. like Howard the Duck? No, because no, they were never—they were never in universe. They were never continuity. Super Friends continuity was a side continuity. You know, Hall of Justice. You know, and all that—that was, that was all. It was Earth uh, SF. Yeah, Earth ABC. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what what happened to Marvin and Wendy? I mean, once you get the superhero in your blood, can you go and then be a, like a marine biologist? I mean, is that? Or is it like Doctor Who, when you become a companion, you're... Even, you're kind of scarred for, scarred life. for yeah. life. You always end up having to find some aliens to help yeah. or stop. Is that what it is? Is I that what happened to Marvin and Wendy? Yeah, and I could see, you know, well... Well, Marvin, I could definitely see, became Ambush Bug. Became what? Ambush Bug? <laughs> I was thinking maybe his consciousness You know? Stuck. I think maybe that his consciousness... That actually makes sense. They, they both wear fake towel capes from time to time. They do. They're both tall and skinny. And they're both goofballs. They're both, yeah. Marvin may have become ambush bug. But what does that do for Wendy? I presume that Wendy probably met a nice guy and settled down. Not on Amazon Island, she didn't. Well, you know, 
I don't know. That's where. Use your ample hunting I mean, skills. One, to... one, one, one met a nice guy in Amazon Island. That's how this all started. Yeah. Sure. I guess one could have just kind of crashed there or something. <laughs> If, you know, I mean, how many times did Tarzan land on the same shore? Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I've ever brought that up on any of our podcasts, my frustration with the Tarzan novels. We don't have time to. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, I am out. i got to get going. You're out? It's in the closet? Yep. All right, well, then, I guess it's just me. Oh, well. Too bad. Jeez. Come up you with something creative. About. I was going to say, you have to talk about something by yourself. Yeah, but I'm not very fun when I'm alone. <laughs> it tastes like not that fun when you're <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.